So any retailers outside the U.S. are expected to monitor their thresholds going into all 50 states and collect and remit that sales tax. And I think the U.S. did an amazing job at making the most complicated sales tax system ever imagined. Which is probably why Customs doesn't collect it on their behalf, the states. Because if it's going into Canada and it's over the tax de minimis, CBSA is the one collecting on behalf of the – for GST – and potentially, you know, um, PST or HST or whatever yeah. else, right? So they'll even collect the provincial tax at the federal level and not at the province level, yeah. right? And, but in the U.S., it's no, no. Yeah, I mean, you, good luck. The, no. the customs is like, yeah, right, we're not going to do that. De minimis, uh, something meaningless, Latin phrase, right, uh-huh. that uh, is uh-huh. derived from the word – I don't know what word it's derived from. It means you're insignificant. Actually, what what it's referring to in in the the trade world is um, all the crap that customs agents don't want to deal with falls under de minimis. So basically, we don't care. Yep. And so therefore, we're not going to do anything about it. That's right. All right. We're going to talk about that today. But before we do, uh, a couple introductions here. Uh, I'm Clint Reed. I'm the uh, CEO founder at Zonos. And Aaron Besant, my co-host today, and I think going forward every day when we do this, why don't you introduce yourself? All right. Aaron Besant, uh, been at Zonos, working with Clint for the last six years. It's been an awesome ride. Um, technical titles ahead of Global Trade Strategy. Um, I just try to do stuff sometimes. So Hopefully add value. What's your background? Where did you come from? So before I came to Zonos, I was actually uh, a customer of Zonos. So I worked in the e-commerce space, specifically in operations and logistics at a large e-commerce retailer for a dozen or so years. Uh, along the way, had to do the uh, the whole international thing like every other e-com company, and I kind of got tasked with that that project. So I dove deep, self-taught myself, um, decided to outsource some things, and that's how I came across Zonos. And Loved what they were doing enough that uh, I finally gave you a ring to say, "Hey, you guys hiring?" So that's where I ended up. Yeah, that was a that was a interesting conversation that day. One, because I didn't think I could afford it, and two, uh, when I told Ryan, Ryan is our head of global trade (laughs) data. uh, um, Ryan's like, he'll figure us out, right? Because because Aaron was always the customer that was asking. a lot of detailed questions that um, even we didn't sometimes know the answers to. So we just figured we'd hire him and let him fix the problems. And here you are. Here we are. Yeah. Okay. Well, this is exciting. Uh, throughout this podcast, I think at times we'll talk we'll talk a little bit about Zonos, but really I'm hoping that we can dive into subjects that are helpful to people that are wanting to learn more about cross-border e-commerce, low-value goods that are shipping between countries whether it's U.S. origin or any other origin going to another country. So the first topic that we thought we'd talk a little bit about is de minimis. So de minimis value, which we, we just, t- you know, we introed at the beginning. This means insignificant. It's it's something that uh, customs doesn't want to worry about. And countries have massively varying de minimis values. What country first comes to your mind when you think about de minimis values? Oh, man. Uh, I've, I've dealt with a number of them. Um, and de minimis is, you know, I, I, for me, I like, I, I often just run to the extremes, right? So you've got, uh, the extremes of like the United States when something's shipping here, they don't even bother collecting any sort of duty or tax or on, on a shipment unless it's over 800 us dollars. 
Um, however, probably the most significant country for, for many retailers is Canada. Canada does a lot of cross-border business, especially for so, the US So why American. would you say Canada, not like Europe or the UK? Uh, Canada's de minimis is quite low. So they are applying duty and tax on anything over 20 Canadian dollars. So, you know, here for us here in America, that's like 15 bucks. Yeah. Um, and so the duty and tax calculations become really relevant for Canada. And a lot of e-commerce retailers are shipping a, a, a fair amount of product into Canada. And that's not just us origin e-commerce no. retailers. We're getting questions about de minimis into Canada from, uh, customers all over the world, because like you said, uh, it's a, it's a very low threshold to a, uh, um, a pretty big economy that buys a lot of goods online. And so it gets a lot of noise. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. And I think of other countries, um, you know, if you think of kind of the, the main markets of the world, you've got us, Canada, Europe, UK, and then you've got Australia. Uh, I, I would put on that list as well. And Australia has got also got a very high, um, uh, De minimus of a thousand Australian dollars. Um, however, you know you go into Europe and uh, the UK; they're they're effectively the same. One hundred and fifty euros uh, is the de minimis for when they start applying duty. But uh, many of these countries want their tax money, so they're they're paying tax on on uh, the first dollar yeah. nowadays. Yeah. So the one of the reasons that you know I wanted to talk about this topic first is we have a doc. Right. Well, first off, we have a ton of docs and uh, better said, this is a guide, right? We have, we have country guides, we have subject guides that are just generic, not, not uh, specific to Zonus at all, but our de minimis values one is by far the one that gets the most attention. It's most seen and it's pretty comprehensive because a full list of all the countries with their tax de minimis and duty de minimis. So what, what's going on? What's, why are there two different is it de minimi? Is this, how do you say that in plural? I don't know. I wasn't an English major, so I don't know, nor was I a Latin major. So let's just butcher the pronunciation of it. <laughs> um, I've always said de minimis, so that's what I'm rolling with. Uh, but it's, uh, so in practice, the way it works is as a shipment's clearing customs, if the value of the shipment is over X, then uh, they start charging tax. If the value is over Y, they start charging duty. Um those values can be the same, like in Canada, for example, for most shipments, which there's some exceptions to that we'll, we can talk to uh, later on this. But, uh, you know, for some countries are the same value. For others, they start applying tax first and then duty, the duty de minimis is higher. So they'll start applying duty. Why, why, why do you think in those countries, like, you know, for example, let's say um, uh, Austria, right? The, the, the tax de minimis in Austria is zero. And the duty de minimis is 150 euro, right? So why would the tax de minimis be a lower threshold? Like consistently too, right? I don't think there's any country where it's flipped, right? Where the duty de minimis is a lower de minimis number than the tax de minimis. Yeah, no, it's it's almost always that way because tax is a whole lot easier for them to assess <laughs> yeah. and figure out. Goes back to de minimis. Uh -huh. What's For us to get the tax, that's a whole whole lot less effort. And at some point, it becomes worth the effort to collect it. Yep. And then the duty, but why is duty why is duty harder to cal why is it harder to calculate than tax? Tax is pretty straightforward in most countries. Um, uh, and, you know, it's kind of a, a, a standard rate for everything. Maybe and, you know, and there's a few exceptions to that. Duty is you've got to classify the goods with an HS code, 
and that drives the duty rate. So there's more work involved because you're going to apply a different duty rate to a t-shirt versus um, a pair of pants versus you know what, whatever else is being sold. The person clearing it's got to put in a lot more work to decide what type of product it is, and then that'll drive the the duty rate from the tariff schedule. Uh, versus, hey, I'm just going to apply the standard VAT rate to everything, and we're done. Yeah. Uh, okay. So let, let's let's dive into maybe a couple interesting examples. Um, one of the ones we talked about uh, uh, before the show as we were coming over is uh, Canada. What is going? So what was Canada's de minimis? Uh, what two years ago, three years ago, and how has that changed? What's going on? So it stayed the same with an asterisk. Um, so it's 20 Canadian dollars for both duty and tax. So it's either nothing gets assessed or they assess both duty and tax. So everything that goes in there under 20 gets, gets uh, or uh, over 20 gets applied duty and tax. Is that what you're saying? With an asterisk. <laughs> so um, when NAFTA was being renegotiated um, and turned into what we now call USMCA or Kuzma or, you know, I think every country likes to put their country first in the acronym that's, that they're calling it. Same agreement, though. Um, but now... So, so what does Mexico call it? If it's Kuzma uh, in Canada... It's... Uh, is it... Now, now you got me. Musca? T, no, it's... <laughs> T-Mex... I can't remember. Um, but the... Uh, what they've done there is they've carved out for product shipping from the U.S. and Mexico into Canada, they give a much higher de minimis. So it would be 40 Canadian dollars for tax and 150 Canadian dollars before duty kicks in. But that's only for non-postal shipments going into Canada. So postal shipments coming from U.S. or Mexico are still 20 Canadian dollars. How, how, do, how does that happen? I don't know. Some some politicians working, some lobbyists, and or some lobbyists working, some politician. I should say. I right. don't know. Some lobbyists for the couriers, right? The express yeah, carriers, the DHL, FedEx, UPS. Um, uh, anyone doing? Is it? It's any commercially cleared good, correct? So, if there was a consolidator shipping into Canada, um, which and it and it's commercially cleared, not postal cleared. Which de, min, de minimis treatment does it get? It's coming from the U.S. It's from the U.S. Or it's going to be the higher forty or or hundred. So it does have to do with the clearance method. Yes, but if something's shipping from the U.K., it's twenty Canadian dollars. It's no twenty Canadian dollars, no matter no what. matter what. Yep. Um. All right, that's crazy. So all right, it's twenty Canadian shipped from the U.K. It's going with Royal Mail. What's actually going to happen if it's a thirty dollar? Uh, so uh, you're talking about in practice? Yeah, in practice, what actually so happens in practice? The non-postal shipments, they follow, they, they hold true to the de minimis. Um, in the postal stream, it's a little loose. And uh, this has been a known loophole for a long time, which honestly is probably the, the catalyst to this whole weird, you know, negotiation in USMCA to carve out something special for the, the couriers. Um, but in practice, the postal streams just haven't been able to handle the volume. So a, they kind of come up with their own threresholds where they kind of a lot of things just flow through duty and tax free that should have duty and tax. But the, but the postal stream is being handled by customs in most cases, right? It is. Yeah, they're I just mean, they're just overloaded. Is, customs are the ones that are overloaded, mm -hmm. and because it's the government, they don't have to follow their own laws, right? So they can just say, yeah. uh, it's forty CAD." We know it's fifty CAD, sixty CAD, maybe Canadian dollar. 
but not worth my time de minimis. You know, we're just going to let it go through. And this is why, so shoppers, a lot of time in, in Canada, this is why they would prefer a, a, a postal method. Oh, yeah. Because they know that customs doesn't always obey or apply tax or duty. In fact, I, sometimes I wonder if they ever apply duty on, uh, if customs does, on a postally cleared shipment. It's like, they actually don't. That's pretty lazy, man. <laughs> like, yeah, that is nuts. It's not like so. Every, everything, everything gets a uh, NAFTA treatment. No, sorry, right. US, uh, USMCA treatment. Uh, pretty much duty free if you ship through a postal postal yeah, method into Canada. In practice, they just and this has just been a loophole that has been exploited for years. Mm -hmm. Which again is probably why there was some lobbying to get something special in USMCA for the the couriers. And I've been hearing for years and years they're going to fix the glitch, but they they haven't yet. Um, but, uh, you know, there's a lot of things depending on where it clears and the system's in place, uh, you know, and, and it is getting better. I do think at some point in time it will be remedied. I mean, technology is just moving along to, to the point where it, it's got to be fixed. So what? how does fast technology and slow government, you know, intersect um, here? Well, it doesn't intersect at the places that we expect them to intersect. It usually takes longer, but at some point in time, they, they eventually come around. Especially if they throw enough money at it, right? So, uh, okay. Another question I have about Canada, and then we'll I want to talk about a few other, few other countries. Um, de minimis is typically um, value-based, Right. The value of the item, most whatever, of the time. Yeah. most asterisks, right? Yep. Most of the time. So if something's shipping from the U.S. to Canada and it's made in China, but it's under the 40 Canadian dollar and it's going with a courier, is that going to get hit with duty or tax? No. So even though it's a U.S. MCA agreement, which typically when you think about that, you're thinking about the... The duty, right, duty-free or or um, uh, uh, a lower duty at least, right? At least they would think that. But in this case, even if it was a a, uh, a good in Canada that was like had countervailing duties or anti-dumping duties that they had in place with China for some reason, it's it's going to go through. No problem. It's under 40 cap. Yeah. It's uh, – I mean your, your country of origin where the goods were made, that that's – that typically ties in with free trade agreements for de minimis. It's kind of that quick and dirty as things are clearing, they've got yeah. a, a threshold they can use to determine if they're going to bother collecting duty or tax on it. Um, there are exceptions to that though. I mean, uh, your typicals, alcohol and tobacco, uh, those types of things. So even in Canada, alcohol, yeah. tobacco, yeah, under 40, under 20, yeah. it's getting scrutinized, it's getting pulled. And they're just looking at it based on the harmonized code that's coming in and saying, all right, this falls under yeah, a category yeah, so that, that isn't going to get any special treatment. Certain products are going to have duty and tax assessed no matter what. Yeah. So U.S. There's, all, there's asterisks everywhere. All right. But the U.S., they don't have asterisks, right? On the 800? Nah. Okay. So they asterisk. do. So we've seen this asterisk. So yeah. what, what, was the, what was the example we ran into with a customer, you know, uh, uh, recently where they started, ended up getting duty charged on anything under 800 USD. Yeah. So there, <laughs> there's also, there's asterisk upon asterisk, uh, you know, and, and this is where we've got a, an interesting perspective uh, because we we're estimating the duty and taxes going to be collected. 
and guaranteeing that. And then we're reconciling that against what actually happens. And we're seeing variations on how it was cleared, who was clearing it, and how they determined it, to the process in which they cleared Just it. It's like based on mood or whatever? Like, uh, Well, like, there, there's different types of clearance methods that can be used. And uh, depending on who's clearing it, if they choose to use uh that, that particular clearance method, it can impact. Wait, what do you mean like clearance method? What, what's an example like here? You got like your, your uh, and this is where I'm not the expert on, on clearing goods, but you've got your type 86 and, and a few uh, other things that yeah, yeah. you can clear under, or you can clear kind of the, uh, the normal, formal, informal entry uh, here in the U.S. And it's just, what happens is um, we've seen some things that get duty assessed on them that we didn't expect uh, because they were under the $800. And we'll see the same exact thing come through duty-free because it was under $800. Um, so it's – it's. I, I think everybody – you know, it's really easy to think this whole process is super automated and, and it's foolproof, but it's very manual and very subjective. It's, it's human beings involved making decisions. And so there's a lot of inconsistencies. So, so the, the ramifications then for an e-commerce company shipping it to the United States – they go to our documentation and they see, oh, look, that the the duty and tax de minimis into the U.S. is is eight hundred, and if it's, especially if it's a high volume shipper, maybe getting a lot of attention. If they have a good that um, might have a different type of clearance type with it, it may actually end up getting becoming dutiable, and end up costing them money. Yeah, yeah. Now, I think I think sunglasses is an example that we've seen. Yeah. Duty free most of the time, but we've seen it apply duty sometimes because it was cleared in a way. And then, and then what? Then what does the customer? They they then they, they give us a call, right? And they're like, "What the heck? Um, why are you now charging you know duty on uh, on this item into the U.S.?" And that's where we have to be careful too, because we're in the job of trying to not only calculate correctly, but predict behavior, mm-hmm. and because you actually can't calculate predict correctly in this industry if you cannot properly predict behavior. Right. Right. It's a challenge. Yeah. It's absolutely a challenge. All right. So U.S. tax de minimis, how does that work? Like 800, everything under 800 customs is then collecting tax? No. No, customs doesn't collect tax. Ah. They just collect the duty coming into the U.S. But they, are we about the only country that does it this way? Are there others? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So, um the U.S. has kind of always been this way. Sales tax is handled by the states. Right. Uh, and then you had your Wayfair law come in place uh, years ago where they, you know, everybody wants their tax money. So now they pushed it onto the retailers to be responsible to remit that sales tax directly to the the relevant state. And they put in thresholds. So it's like, you know, I don't have to remit if I only sell one thing ever to the state, state of Utah. Um, but... That law here in, in the States, everybody thinks of it as, uh, you know, when I used to buy something from another state, I used to never pay sales tax. But now it, it's, you right. know, sales tax is being collected. Um, I always thought it was just that law for interstate sales, uh, which really applies globally, though. So any retailers outside the U.S. are expected to monitor their thresholds going into every, all 50 states and collect and remit that sales tax. And I think the U.S. did an amazing job at making the most complicated sales tax system ever imagined. Which is probably why customs doesn't collect it on their behalf, oh, yeah, the states. Because yeah. if it's going into Canada and it's over the tax de minimis, CBSA is yeah. the one collecting on behalf of the 
um, for GST and potentially, you know, um, PST or HST or whatever yeah. else, right? So they'll even collect the provincial tax at the federal level and not at the province level, yeah. right? And, but in the U.S., it's no, no. Yeah, I mean, you, good luck. The, no. the customs is like, yeah, right, we're not going to do that. No, and, and it's interesting looking at um, – if you look at kind of a trend that's happening around the globe, uh, they want – you know, these countries want their tax revenue – but they don't want to have to put forth the effort to collect it. And so uh, Australia did a brilliant thing five years ago. Actually, we're on to six years years ago now. Back in 2018, they rolled out the uh, a law that said, okay, any retailers that are selling a significant volume into Australia, which is 75000 Australian dollars worth of goods in a year, um, you need to register – and remit sales tax to us directly. You, it's on you, retailer, wherever you are in the world, to collect and remit that sales tax to us directly on orders under a thousand Australian dollars. Um, so, if I'm a small merchant, I can ship everything duty and tax free into Australia and never have to do that because the de minimis is a thousand AUD. Yep. And then once I hit hit that seventy five thousand Australian dollars worth of sales, Australia still doesn't want to collect it. They're just telling me I need to do it. So this is Scout's honor. Yep. You better be. Uh, they're watching. They're watching. They're watching. And so you might end up getting, you know, um, it, what, what, how, how do they watch, right? So let's say that you have a big shipper out of the U.S. and they get caught. What's the ramifications if they get caught? Um, right now, they're, they've got the numbers. This is, this is from sources that we have. Uh, but they're only able to go after the, the big offenders right, right now. Okay. Right? So how long is it going to take for them to work down the list of the, the small offenders? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it. They, they have yeah. big threats, but yeah. they're going to work with retailers, I, I think, to a degree. I think they're going to be reasonable, but they, they want that. They want everyone to comply. Um, but it's it's worked really well for them to, to go through this process. So New Zealand followed suit. Um, the EU, and the UK, Norway, Singapore. I mean, there, there's a number of laws out there where they expect you as a retailer. They're putting more burden on you as a retailer to register and re- and collect and remit the sales yeah. tax directly because it's expensive for them to have to go to go collect. So if they yeah. can put on the retailer to collect it at checkout, they win. Well, it's apparently worked pretty good for them. We're going to have to have a, I think another topic someday about um, <laughs> just this low value threshold remittance where it's um, uh, on the, on the seller uh, mm-hmm. to, 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 take care of it outside of the custom normal customs clearance process. I was talking to a customer the other day and I was explaining to him uh, that, in, you know, about, about this low value threshold that anything underneath this, you're supposed to be remitting tax directly. And I won't name the carrier, but he did say, I talked to a, uh, a top executive at one of the, uh, the, the, the express couriers. And they said, Oh no, 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 don't worry. This is all handled by, this current, we take, we take care of all of this. You don't have to worry about the duty or the tax. If you just send it DDP mm. and I'm like, no, no. Mm. And in fact, I've had conversations too, with some of these express carriers pretty high up. And, um, uh, there is still a lot of, uh, la- a lack, a, a ton of lack of awareness around these laws. So anyways, we're going to have to get into yes. that on another subject, but de minimis is so exciting. I just don't feel like we can we can stop and, and uh, no, get to no. the next exciting but, topic. But, but, but those two things, uh, the de minimis and those low-value tax laws are, are often correlated. Uh, for example, going into the EU, um, they, they coincide a 
reduction in the de minimis with a rollout of those low value tax laws. So uh, UK and EU drop their uh, de minimis from, for example, 22 euros in the EU to zero when they rolled out this remittance because they don't want to bother collecting VAT on something worth less than 22 euro. But once they, once someone's just sending them the VAT, they're happy to accept it from dollar yeah. one. So they changed the tax de minimis to zero, right? From 22. Did they change the duty de minimis? No. No. So the duty de minimis stayed at 150, correct? That's the, is that what it is? Yep. 150 euro? Yep. Um, at least into the EU. And so if it's under 150 euro, it's getting remitted directly by the seller that has mm-hmm. a tax ID in that country and then, or has registered for that tax ID or Zonos, because we do that for, on behalf of our customers, make, we make it easy. But, um, and then if it goes over, then the collecting body changes, right? This is, you're no longer remitting it to directly to um, HMRC, right? Did I get that right? That's for the UK, yeah. That's for the UK. Mm-hmm. And then what is it in, in Europe to the- uh, That's the IOS. To IOS, right? Mm-hmm. Through IOS. Uh, so it's a tricky threshold. Like what, yeah. yeah. What, what, how do you, how do you make sure that you don't screw that up when it's flipping between the two? Oh, currency exchange rates are super straightforward, right? I, I say that tongue in cheek. The, um, no, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's, so, it's, so you it's could, slightly imperfect, right? As far as I could think it's under 150 euro. So you save the tax to remit it later. It's under and then 150 And determines it's over 150 And then euro. they, then now the broker is going to invoice you back for yeah. and duty and tax. They're going to assess the duty and tax. And, and if you're not paying attention, you're going to end up paying tax yeah. and through a separate mechanism when you do the remittance. Yeah. So double taxation is something that definitely happens. Um, and you, you have to watch it close. And there's ways to, to adjust for it if you're watching it. And watching for it's not always easy. Yeah, that's crazy. That's yeah. crazy. So- I mean, if we, and if we go back to, um, you know, de minimis and, and some of the asterisks that are out there, we, we talked about it being based on values, um, but what value, right? Like it's typically most of the time, it's just the product value. And then when duty and tax gets assessed, most of the time it's uh, assessed on the CIF value, which is a product and the shipping insurance, et cetera. CIF is the combination of those. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. But to determine if something's above or below the de minimis, it's just a product value most of the time. Uh, some countries do it based on CIF. Uh, there are also some countries that do it based on the amount of, they'll actually go through the um, assessment of the duty and tax. And then depending on what the value of the duty and tax to collect is, they determine it's not worth collecting, right? So uh, Switzerland, so, for example. So their de minimis is how much do we have to collect after we calculate? Yes. So, they, so apparently they don't think calculating's hard. They think right. collecting's hard. And yes. that's where their de minimis comes in. They're yep. like, look, we have, we're Switzerland, right? We got yeah, this automated. They, they we can calculate it. Yeah. We know what we're doing. Yeah, but is it worth collecting the three bucks? Right. No. What, what is their, how, well, do you know what their- It's uh, five. Oh, it's five, five francs. Five yeah. francs. Okay, mm-hmm. I was kind of close. Yeah, so. pretty good. Five francs. So if they have to collect more than that, they'll they'll go out and collect. If it's below that, then they so they'll it. calculate it, and then mm-hmm. all right. So and then these the these are typically currency specific to the destination. Yes. Right. But it that's not always the case. Well. Brazil. No, a lot a lot of places use USD. Right. Especially a lot of the, the smaller countries or ones with volatile uh, currencies. You'll, you'll see that a lot. So they'll just pick a USD as their – this is – and it's probably too because most – I would assume that a lot of their imports are being declared in USD. 
mm-hmm. which maybe makes it a little easier too to, you know, because they still are going to have to do some currency exchange if it's coming from, um, let's say, China, and it's the uh, the commercial invoices in uh, yen. They're going to have to convert that into USD to figure out does this does this surpass the the de minimis threshold? So yeah, Brazil. How much do you know about Brazil and their de minimis? Um, a fair amount. Uh... There, there's a couple of different plays, things at play here. Because the docs say um, zero. This is what we, you know. It, it is. Um, so now you're, you might be thinking of, they have a, a 3,000 USD threshold that for a simplified um, duty and tax assessment. So if for personal goods going into Brazil under 3,000 USD, they don't go use an HS code to drive an actual duty rate. They just do a flat 60%. And so that's a whole nother topic. Yeah, yeah. That, there's, yeah. A, there's a number of countries like that yep. that have simplified processes because, again, going through the work on these low value shipments is, you know, they, they want to try to streamline that. Um, so Brazil is an example of one where they just have a standard flat duty rate for, for personal goods going into Brazil, and it's expensive. Something's changed, though, in Brazil recently, right? Yeah. And you've done some research uh, with, with, our, uh, um, with our team on this. What, what's what's new and what's starting so, to happen in Brazil? What's changing? Yeah, so they've um, they've had this fifty USD threshold on consumer to consumer shipments, and uh, y- you've got certain sellers in certain regions of the world that sell high volumes of low value goods uh, to different parts of the world that have kind of been exploiting this loophole, and it, it makes the business to consumer uh, a B to C sell look like a C to C sell in the way they're sending it. And Brazil's trying to find ways to to crack down on that. So they're they're looking at moving the de minimis on those consumer shipments down to zero, but then still allowing for that that fifty USD de minimis if you take part in their tax remittance program. So, so is this a similar program to similar. what you're seeing with these other countries? Yeah, similar. Of course, every country does it in their own unique way. Yeah. Um, and that could be a whole topic but, in, but in itself. That, so their duty de minimis in this case, tax de minimis stays at zero, but duty de minimis used to, moves to 50 USD. Yes. Which is big. Which is it, huge in Brazil. Because, because 60% on these on these personal shipments. Well, that, and, and 60 plus, but plus, okay, but how do they count? Okay. What, how do, does it end up being 60% in the end typically? Well, you total? Have, I mean, 60% is straightforward. Uh, right. in the calculation, but then you have tax applied to the duty amount too. So um, that's, you, you get the tax on the yeah. duty that you're going to save as well. But the ta- the way they apply the tax is different. Like if it's 17 to 19% is the typical thing you see in Brazil for their sales tax. It's not like every other country in the world in the way they apply it. It's actually works out to be more like 20, 21%. Because of the math. Because of the math. They do the math differently. Yeah. So you have a $10 item going to Brazil. What does your gut tell you that the total duty and tax and any carrier fees, it's probably going to, well, that, that, okay, that might actually throw it for a major loop yeah. at that low of value. But I mean, it's, it's, it's usually as much or more than the product. Right. Yeah. So, all right. So anyone that's interested in shipping to Brazil, just take the amount of your product, double it. As long as you're selling under the threshold of their, their, their simplified threshold of 3000 USD, correct? And yeah, just double the price of your product. And that's probably how much it's all going to be in the end. A little more than that, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 It's, but the calculation, like you said, is actually fairly straightforward. Um, calculating to Brazil isn't that difficult. It's just a lot of money. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Uh, okay. 
the, the another one I that we have in our docs because I remember talking to a company that specifically manages Columbia, and I don't know how familiar you are with the Columbia one. So I'm looking at this one because I remember visiting them on site and talking to them about it. But the tax de minimis is zero, but the tax de minimis for personal shipments from the United States is like 200, 200. USD. Yeah. But the reason this was good for this company is they are a um, get a U.S. address company, right? Oh yeah. yeah. So. In that case, my understanding is because you – is I would assume it's a personal shipment to yourself mm-hmm. if you're in Columbia, right? So you, you aggregate this with your get a U.S. address and then anything under 200 USD. I, I would assume that that's why or do you think the personal shipments – um, that also – what do you think it categorizes personal shipments? I'm reading our docs. I don't I – don't, So yeah. I, I think uh, typically the, with the personal shipments, there is the consumer-to-consumer – or things like gifts, you know, that would that you could probably put in a separate category. Um, I, I would say the the personal shipments most commonly are treated as I'm a I'm a consumer and I'm buying something for myself, just for personal and use. I'm bringing it in for personal okay. use. That's that's okay. The most so definition of that. All right. So then, anything under 200 USD, if you buy online, as long as it's uh, for personal use, you're probably getting the. Um, the personal yeah, treatment, assuming that the documentation is put together correctly and and all of yeah. that. Well, and and how that's applied in practice uh, typically is if that shipment's going to a business or is it going to a home address? That's kind of how they uh, determine which way they they clear and assess the, the the duty and tax. Interesting. Okay. Any other thoughts that are coming to your mind on de minimis that we were, you know, that itch that you really wanted to talk about that we missed? I mean, I think we talked about a lot of interesting topics uh, around de minimis. There is a ton of weird nuances throughout that we could probably sit here and talk for hours. Um, But that's where, you know, if you look at our our doc, we try to simplify it and have this simple table that is based on values. And you see a bunch of little asterisk little little symbols that then you have to go down and kind of read up on on each individual country that's maybe an exception to the normal yeah. normal de minimis uh values um and, but, and then we have country guides too so it might actually take you instead of to the bottom yeah it will actually link you over to an entire country guide on canada and we talk more specifically in that country guide yeah yeah but i i feel like we've we've touched on all the you know the high level basic topics there, there are with de minimis but i think the the most important thing to understand is De minimis doesn't matter for high value container shipments, and and they, nobody really cares about that in that those those uh, uh, com- that commercial world. But in ecom, it is massively important to understand de minimis. And what we've found from a, a global trade data standpoint is there's a lot of good sources to get duty rates and tax rates and a number of other things, but there really isn't a good source for de minimis. It's bits and pieces of information that's not very complete. Um, so we've had to put a ton of work in ourselves to procure all of the de minimis information. And it's it's a living, breathing thing as we kind of learn and, and work with these different countries and, and watch shipments coming through and understanding how they're being applied in practice. Um, but it is it is super relevant in ecom because if you and specifically the duty de minimis you know most shipments get taxed um, especially since as you see the trend of of countries lowering their tax de minimis and and putting in these low value tax laws but when it comes to duty it's really relevant when you when you have thresholds like 150 euro 1000 australian dollars etc um, knowing when your shipment's going to be duty free and when it's not is is super impactful on your conversion at checkout because 
we can lower the cost of what yeah. you're, you're charging your customer. I, I, uh, I recall um, multiple conversations with big retailers and small that will, uh, especially years ago. I mean, we, we've, I think we've, we solve for this really, um, really well. So a lot of them don't, don't try to do this anymore, but they would try to classify their entire catalog to get the right duty rate. In fact, some of the, that. some of the products that were out there in the market to calculate duty and tax required having that harmonized code, um, which we will auto classify. So that, that makes it simple. When in reality, if I'm a retailer, let's just give an example. I'm a retailer. I'm listening to this podcast and my average value item is 50 bucks. Should I be worried about duty de minimis? Which country? Right. <laughs> right. What's your major country? Canada? Uh, yeah, for yeah. Sure, right. Yeah, right. Like Canada. Canada. Where are you shipping from and how you're shipping, right? There's yeah. some nuances to it. But, but, but the, uh, the, but Im- the impact of it versus is, calculating the right tax or knowing when the duty. Well, much how, how are you, are you more worried about de minimis or duty? I'll ask you that. Probably de minimis. Yeah. Yeah. Du- I, duty still very relevant, but, no. uh, my average it, value now is a thousand dollars. Are you more worried about duty? Duty. Yep. Absolutely. Versus de minimis. Yeah. 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 If you're, if you're 50 bucks, yep. de minimis. This is, is why important. sometimes when you talk to, um, when we speak with, uh, couriers that do large shipments, or anyone in customs and brokers that get their customs license. And we explain some of this to them. It's just like the, the eyes gloss over and they're like, no, 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 no. You have to have this. And you're like, eh, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a lot more mushy in mm-hmm. our world than it is for them. Yep. Yep. And, well, and, and on that same point, you know, if you, if you talk about uh, the duty to minimus and things, even your tax remittance, Right. If you're at 50, you're very, very focused on making sure you're complying with those tax mm-hmm. laws. If all your orders are a thousand dollars. Oh yeah, you you're right. Have to worry about. You're it. right. So, if in fact could a retailer, which I think we have some that do this, could they uh, force a purchase above that threshold to just and they never have to register for that tax ID? We we have that. We had to build some of that logic into our software uh, specifically for the UK when they rolled out their law because um, what they did was it was slightly different than the others. The others, the other countries would put in thresholds that, hey, when, you don't have to worry about this unless you're selling X number of X amount of product into our country every year. Um, but the UK came and then and then they made the registration process super simple for anyone outside of their country. The UK did not do that. <laughs> they they went the opposite. Well, this all happened in conjunction with Brexit at yes. the same time. Yes. So you can only imagine oh, the cluster. Was, and so it, it turned into a, hey, we want every single every single retailer selling into our our country for orders under 135 pounds, you have to remit your tax, period. Everybody. We're not going to collect any tax at the border. Everything has to be remitted. And by the way, we're not going to simplify the, the VAT registration process. It's the same process as a as a local company would have to go through, which was not easy. And so um, when when that law first came out, we were trying to figure out ways to handle it. So we had to build in some conditional logic within uh, our software to say, hey, if you want to force retailers or shoppers to have to buy more than 135 pounds, just so you don't have to worry about this law, we, we allowed for yeah. that to happen. So zone of hello, which is that's our, that's our little widget that pops up when someone arrives at a website. You arrive, you're outside of the UK and it says, Hey, look, you're, you're welcome to buy, 
but you must spend 135 mm-hmm. pounds in order to purchase. And then the retailers didn't have to worry about getting registered yeah. for tax. Which is which is completely opposite of what that message normally is. Normally it's like, hey, order up to this amount, duty in or tax free. <laughs> yep. Now it's like, sorry, you need to order over this amount because we don't want to deal with the, this new law. And, that, and since then we've evolved and made it so we can make it easy for our customers to take advantage of Yeah, I mean, of like, that, look, but... in all of these cases, we're the ones that are read, taking care of the registration. We're taking, we're doing the remittance. We're collecting the tax from our, from our retailers. And this is all smooth, right? Yep. So uh, though I think some of our customers appreciate understanding the nuances and the details behind this, a lot of them, to be honest. They just want us to take care yeah, of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, but this podcast is for the hardcore people, right? I think so. I'll listen to it. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I can't wait to listen to this again. <laughs> and then next time we'll pick, a, we'll pick a, another topic that is as juicy as the de minimis values topic. And, and hopefully uh, more worthwhile than, than something as insignificant as de minimis, right? <laughs> All right. Well, hey, thanks for coming right. on today, Aaron. Thanks, guys. Okay. All right. See we'll ya. see you.